Welcome back to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. I'm Carrie Ann. Listen, before we get into this episode, I want to tell you about two things. The first, the Carry On Friends newsletter is back. All right, I went on a little hiatus last year. I wanted to get audience feedback and I got that. And so I'm excited that the newsletter is back and I've listened to you and made some improvements to the newsletter. In the survey and focus group, you, the audience, said that you didn't necessarily want the newsletter to just tell you about new episodes. And so we took that into consideration and also added some of the information you wanted to see in a newsletter. You wanted to hear more about Caribbean businesses in the U.S. and to let you know when I know about anything new of interest. For example, I had shared in the focus group that I knew of Creole Essence back in 2017, got some sample products when I went to a conference, but most people knew about them when they were on Shark Tank. And the audience was like, well, we wanted to know that. I'm not sure why I didn't say anything, but that type of information I'll also include in the newsletter. Companies that are doing things that I think are of interest, we hope they all succeed, but wherever they are in their startup journey. So I'll be sharing that kind of information when I have it. And the link to subscribe to the newsletter is in the show notes or description. And two, you can support the podcast with a donation. You can click the donate to the podcast link in the description or show notes, whichever one you call it. Or you could go on the website, carryonfriends.com and click the donate link on the top of the page. You can donate any amount you wish. Just remember to click the link in the description of this episode, or you could go to carryonfriends.com and click donate at the top of the page. Thank you for supporting the podcast. All right. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, Dominic. Welcome to Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. How are you today? Hey, Karen. I'm doing okay. Weather's not that bad in New York today. Grateful. Can't complain yourself. Yes, I am good. I'm good. It's always glad when springtime soon reach and you're just, you know, the island vibes and we just come out a little bit because you're warm with our people, you know, we're not ice prince and princesses, you know, so we just like when summer come out and we get our whole vibes and things. Definitely, definitely. All right. So why don't you tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are, Caribbean country you represent and all that good stuff. Okay. So everyone, I am Dominic Christopher. Uh, founder of the Abroad Village, originally from the island of Jamaica. And a um, little bit about myself, as majority of um, those who migrate to the U.S., you know, came here as a student and, um, you know, faced a lot of challenging time adjusting in the diaspora. As a student, I'm sure it might resonate with others, I was out of status for, for some time. Hence, one of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to create the Abroad Village because uh, studying here, there was not really much opportunities while in college. So I was studying accounting and at the time working at the car wash while studying and, you know, trying to network with a lot of uh, professionals in the diaspora, that opportunity wasn't available. So branched out from accounting, well, Queensborough Community College, I was doing a program to transition into Baruch, but ended up doing one semester at at CUNY, professor gave me an internship opportunity on Wall Street. 
uh, went there, learned more about trading, get more involved, got more involved in networking, then learned about the whole entire computer software development, data analytics and stuff like that. And, you know, had a full-time career with that prior to the pandemic. While working at my nine to five in corporate, myself and my business partner, Antonio Waddington, who created the Elbow Village, we saw the need where, you know, students or, you know, those who are in the community looking for a career path that didn't exist. So it's like saying, we're carrying them. You know, say carrying the abroad. So the abroad is actually us, right? So the whole concept of it is you know, it's a nonprofit 501c3. We wanted to add as much businesses on the platform. And we're saying to them, guys, we're going to offer uh, an analytics platform for you, a search engine platform for you. And all we ask in return is to give internship opportunities to kids from the Caribbean who are here in the diaspora. At least, you know, if they're still in accounting, they don't have to be washing dishes at, you know, at a restaurant. If they're still in accounting, they can all connect with an accountant, a CPA, a tax filer, anything. At least they can add to their resume. So we've been doing this for the past three years and establishing a, a pathway in New York. Uh, wherever we travel, we try to spread the message of what their blood is all about. And, you know, we're growing. All right, Dominic, that is a really amazing platform or foundation to create a platform. And I can think back to multiple guests who've appeared on the podcast who came to the U.S. as students and have talked about those struggles transitioning from student to, okay, that in-between area because you're on a student visa, you can't quite fully get certain types of jobs and you have a really small window before you have to go back home and it's just a very precarious situation. So talk to me a little bit about how the program has been going and how have you been working to partner with businesses and what has been some of the challenges, the ups and downs of starting this nonprofit and trying to get inroads in the business community? How are you getting buy-in? So one of the challenges that you know we face is because our service is free to the businesses and also the students, our community think it's a catch. There is much more to this than charging someone $100 a month to be a part of the platform. The beauty about our organization is that we, we do have an MOU with the city of New York, plus we, we also get contracts from small business services. Reason for our success so far with SBS is there's a gap in relationship between the city of New York and the Caribbean community in, in New York. So with the contract we have with SBS is that, you know, we're now able to offer more, um, more staffing, to offer more outreach, offer more think tanks that, you know, we can start to do more research as to what, you know, the businesses in our community need. A part of the challenges that we face now is, you know, trying to pivot to the pandemic. You go to Caribbean corridors like on Church Avenue and Merrick Boulevard in Queens, you will hear the same story that, you know, there's lack of resources, you know, lack of access of funding from the city. And, you know, um, what should I say, enforcement agency visits. So these are a lot of challenges, especially when you talk about enforcement visits, you will talk about like the, the issues that the restaurants face could be from the NYPD or um, the SLA, that's a state liquor authority. So, you know, we try to play a, a pivotal role as to, you know, to assist these type of businesses because, you know, we, we, we want to be a staple in the community. One of the key things that we do is definitely to partner with 
different organization, right? Because we want to make it here. You know, what we want to create something for us. We as, um, you know, Caribbean immigrants, West Indians, but we always try to go at it alone. So with our organization is that my background being a software developer, uh, you know, we also, I'm not sure if I mentioned before, but we also have an app for Diablo Village. You can just download the app and search for different businesses throughout the diaspora. So with my skill set as a software developer, it became less expensive to create such a huge platform. So we now try to focus on you know, establishing credibility in, in the community. So there's two contracts we have. So we have a contract with SBS, Small Business Services, and an MOU with the city of New York. So that allows us to be recognized from other city agencies. And with that, it allows us to offer more resources. What we are currently working on, I just have to check my email if it's signed, is because, you know, we now have an MOU with Mega Evers, um, Caribbean Research Center, you know, because we wanted to reach out to those who have a state or who have a brand in the community that we can say, okay, this is who we are, innovative platform. You guys have the resource, you guys have the network. Let us come together, let us build because our community needs it. Because I give an example, right, Karen? Which organization can you go to right now and ask for, say, $15,000? In the community. Not one. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the bank right now, they're going to ask you to cut the armor for something. So that's where we're looking forward to be. If you see that you have a cut, we're going to try to stitch it and make sure that you can get it, you know? The pandemic showed us, for example, the restaurants that we always related to their abroad is that restaurants were trying to get PPP loans. They were trying to get all these funds, all these grants. But they have so many DBAs. This business is not registered under their name. There's, there's so many loopholes in terms of the chance, those are chances that we face that, you know, businesses have right now. But fortunately, you know, they want to come around because they don't want that to happen again. And the fact that, you know, we're trying to focus on credibility, you know, they're willing to work with us. They're willing to let us know what issues they have. And, you know, while we're here in administration, it's the constant established relationship. So starting in New York, the relationship we started in New York is awesome. And, you know, we're definitely looking to expand throughout the diaspora within the U.S. And also definitely have a footprint in uh, Canada and uh, London, England as well. You answered the question about expansion. But since we are New York City folks and I can speak to New York City, I mean, it's really incredible what you're doing for the community. Because, I mean, it's no secret that West Indians, Caribbean people, we have 50, jobs, right? But what has been missing from the equation is the legality of these business enterprises. Um, not legal as in nefarious, they're selling drugs, but whether they are properly set up as S-Corps, LLCs, corporations, etc. And to your point, the barrier to doing that is because a lawyer go charge arm, leg, and you know, whatever for the services. And so what are some other services you find that is beyond a necessity for Caribbean businesses to thrive that they're now realizing post-pandemic that, you know, in addition to making sure that we're an LLC or whatever, you know, we really need to get this particular thing sorted out and as we say carpacetic you know it's set away like what is another area that businesses are recognizing that you know what they need to level up on that for our community so it's a tight space merchant collaboration is definitely key i'm a part of a few whatsapp groups and you know i try to in- encourage for example restaurants as well to create like a whatsapp group for them 
um, you know, sharing information that, you know, if you have an enforcement visit, share it in a group that at least the, the restaurant, say, two blocks down, a part of the group, will be aware of it. As I mentioned, that one of the issues is that we like find the right professionals to assist. That's one reason why, like, us having accountants on the platform, having doctors, let's focus more on the accountants and also on the attorneys, is most attorneys in our community that I see so far is focused on more like a whole, what's that word, like a, a collective of different law practices. They're not specializing right. in business, so you find a lot of immigration lawyers. There's not ones that specialize. Correct. So the challenge is, you know, definitely for the business, but we would like to have more professionals that um, attorneys can brand themselves as business attorneys, tax attorneys, estate planning attorneys, not focus only like on landlord tenant or divorce or, you know, finding an attorney that can actually use the help to build your business. Those are things that, you know, we're trying to focus a lot more, even to have more bankruptcy attorneys, you know, because in order for us to do this, like, you know, the businesses have to open a new chapter in your, in your life, you know? So whatever issues that they have, you know, working with banks of, bankruptcy attorneys, that can fix them. I personally believe that, you know, it's, it's one of the best gifts as an American, that, you know, that business can file bankruptcy, right? And it's what you do after that for the next seven years. But seeking professional help, um, having more resources, and the key thing is, no matter about the amount of finances, the amount of wealth that I see that's in the community, it's just a matter of trust. And I think on all sides, once we can trust, or once we can have that organization that's doing work, for example, like they abroad, that they can relate to, that's what I think can actually help our community. Because, so for example, in New York City, Department of Consumer Affairs, I will have a director from there will call me or email me because there's not much organization that they can reach out to. So what they're saying to us is, if you have an employee, we get it. We understand the issue is, but New York is pretty much lenient in order to offer assistance to those who are here, right? There's so many assistance as to that most people who are here in the diaspora, um, like having a New York City ID. Most people don't know how beneficial it is. Like, okay, having a New York City ID is like saying, oh, I'm undocumented. That's not the case. It can work in your favor, right? Those are, those are things that we're trying to do to, to educate our community on. Um, also, starting a business, we also work with SBS as well, with the relationship to gather as much information best as possible to have Caribbean business, West Indian businesses become MWBE certified. Going through the tedious process of obtaining the certificate is one, but we, we, you know, we're working on more to assist them in terms of say, getting contracts because that's where we need to be. You know, um, you mentioned you know, where we are, I'm sure we're, we live in a predominantly Caribbean neighborhood. We're saying to these businesses, for example, restaurants, guys, stop complaining, have everything in order. We're here to help you because you're, you're probably saying Flatbush, Canarsie, St. Albans, all these schools are predominantly West Indian students. We can work together that instead of having food from Staten Island or not related to the Caribbean, where, you know, these kids can now start this ethnic produce, like, say, mini, not tiny patties in the morning. Or should I say, like, instead of having, say, peanut butter and bread, guava jelly and bread, those type of things, so many bakeries. You know, that's where... No, but it, you make a good point, but you call my son, Miguel, name guava jelly and bread. <laughs> Exactly. You know, you know what I feel nice? Yeah. 
you go to school in the morning feel happy just to be there. Yeah. You know? And it's about supporting the businesses and, you know, let people know. And, you know, so with their brother, you know, the slogan is Network for Wealth and Cultural Awareness. Um, I don't play netball, but, you know, I'll be walking around the community and you will see so many baseball pitch. Jamaica now play baseball. Man from Guyana now play baseball. Yes, you have cricket, but at least you can start having like netball. Let's focus on the culture. You go to other communities and you will see wherever they are in East Asia or wherever or Eastern, or Eastern Europe, they will have activities that, that relate to the culture that, you know, it can keep it going. So these are things that, you know, I mean, I can say now because, you know, we're currently working on it, that, you know, we can have these activities more in our community that we can relate to the culture. You have, you have, the, you have a man or woman haven't been home in, say, 20 years. The fact that you can go to where, where I Wilkins and see some kids are playing netball. You know, they used to have that up on Lincoln, um, the, the park. When you come down off Eastern Parkway on Rochester, they used to yeah. play netball there. And I, I have, I mean, I don't live that side anymore, but um, yeah. they used to do that regularly, have tournaments. But I also think the challenge that we have um, is a generational interest. And that could play to your point that we don't have it enough you know, for auntie to want to teach somebody else how to play netball and thing, you know. But if you try the netball, I can try to pick up my, my role as wing defense. <laughs> we are, you know, we are working on it, you know, like, you know, because it's, it's, it's our culture. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Guyana, there are more Guyanese in New York than, than Guyana. Yeah. There are more Jamaicans in the, in the U.S. more than Jamaica. Let us talk about that, right? So I love the name Day Abroad. It's a very Jamaican colloquialism. But, you know, it's just like when I went to Jamaica the other day um, for my father's funeral. So I said to Stacy, and I was like, what happened to so-and-so? And she might say, most of who you know, Day Abroad. Exactly. <laughs> you know, who I would have grown up with. Um, guys, and I'm saying Stacy because side note, um, I discovered Dominique comes from the same community my father is from. I don't remember him, he was probably too young, and I left many, many moons ago. So I called a name he'd recognize, and um, yeah, so sidebar done. And it's a tiny community, it's a tiny, tiny community. So when another listener, big up yourself, Lisa, say, yeah, I met somebody else on Mobay and they came from White House. I was like, Arks, ooh, tell me, ooh, I don't recognize this face. But that's the beauty of the Carry On Friends community. It's just that you listen, you connect, and my audience is always suggesting guests or other people. So we are a tiny fishing village. And I love to talk about like, yo, if you're if the original place to get fish on Mobay, you're coming to White House. No. No if ands are but big up my uncle Tom from way back when, <laughs> you know. Yes, <sir>. wow. <laughs> yes, right. So I mean, but again, everybody is abroad, and then when we come here, we do a lot, but I don't know how much we do in terms of cultural preservation and going a step further, passing that culture to our kids so that can continue to thrive. So like netball is one of them. But it's easy for kids not to be interested because netball looks very close to basketball. So they're like, why play netball when we can just play basketball, right? So tell me what are you seeing and what you are doing in terms of bringing back some of that cultural 
heritage and wealth into the community? In terms of that, we, we reached out to um, New York Parks and Recreation. And the beauty about it is that, you know, being owned by the city is not a private entity. It's all based on a, a, a community-based survey. What do the community actually need? So, do, do, so those are the steps. And um, for us, and this goes back to the challenge as well, right? Our community doesn't do the census. Let me let me just stop you there. So we just don't have no data. There is not enough data about anything in our community. And it's that undercurrent of enforcement agencies and immigration status. And in one hand, I am empathetic to those concerns because those are real concerns. But on the other hand, it also prevents services as you are experiencing with their abroad. All right, go on. And it goes. It also goes back to what we're focused on is the key thing is to become a credible organization. That's the main thing that we're trying to focus on, because you know, same thing with with issues with the businesses. It's the same thing with the community, and we wanted the community to know, guys. Listen, doing the census actually helps you, right? We will complain that you know the schools are overcrowded. We will complain that um, there's not much. Um, street sweeping going on in our community. There's not much um, sanitation doesn't visit the community a lot. We will complain about all these issues, but once this data gets compiled into different communities or goes to Albany, no one is going to remember Laurenton, right? But they will look at the number of, of um, residents within that district in order to facilitate the needs. Because if you look at public schools, how can you be upset at the Department of Education having one teacher, not even an assistant teacher, assisting, say, 40 kids? The census stated that there's like 10 kids in the community per class, right? So we need those issues. Another piece that is also necessary is when it comes on to voting, right? As an immigration, immigrant community, we're still, you know, majority of us are still citizens. We focus more on, on federal election, when the needs for our community is to focus on municipal election. Your listeners, do they know who their congressperson is? Do they know who their state senator is? Do they know who their council member is? Do they know who their assembly, assembly member is? We need to know who these people are. These people are sent to Albany, sent to, to Washington in order to assist our community. And we have to vote in or don't vote them in. You can't just go to the poll and say, okay, you're going to vote in the primary. This person looks good. Let me vote him as a Democrat. When you look at the prim- when you look at the general election, it's like, okay, he's a Democrat. He's going to win. Let me not vote. You understand? This is where we, we focus more. So, okay, your, your vote matters. You're not dealing with anything with the Electoral College and local municipal election. You're dealing with, okay, you're voting this person. You have a voice. So these are things in terms of collecting data because you go to electoral officials, they don't have any data because you're not voting. You understand? But those are things that actually push our community. These are lawmakers who can actually make a change. And, you know, if we come together as a community, it actually helps. One of the beauty that I do respect about Caribbean West Indians, Caribbean including Haiti, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Cubans who are in New York, is that we come here and we try to create, we actually build assets. We own our homes. We might not be able to pay, but guess what? You're going to try to rent the second floor or the first floor in order to assist with the mortgage. So we come here trying to make a change. 
But if we don't try to collaborate, if we don't try to focus on organization or build more of these organizations, how can we focus on the legacy? You're going to build your house, you die, your kids don't pay your property tax, you lose it. You know, we have to focus more generational wealth. It's not about the stock, it's about offering substance. You know, so we're saying to these people that, you know, there's no cash, we're not asking for money. We want to build generational wealth. And we want to say, okay, come to us, it's secure. We're not an immigration firm, but we do have immigration attorneys who we have vetted. We have business attorneys who are vetted. We have doctors on our platform. If you have an issue, if you have a foot issue, we have podiatrists on our platform that we vet that's going to offer you service. It's a win-win situation for everyone. Businesses, ask a question, Karen. Can you go on Google right now and search for Jamaica doctor? Can you search for Jamaica doctor? No, but this is the beauty of it. That's why you have Caribbean podcast directory. Because if you want a podcast by somebody from the Caribbean, you can't just Google it. You have to kind of find a place that curates that. And that's the beauty of what they are brought to do. Well, look at this. You have a directory. I have a directory. The key thing is collaborate. We collaborate. Having data is like having gold. You look at Facebook. You see WhatsApp was purchased for $4 billion. Do you pay to go on WhatsApp? Mm-mm. Okay, well, send me, send me a link about Clarks and WhatsApp and look at your Facebook and Instagram and see a pure, a pure commercial. Clarks pure. commercial. <laughs> so, you know, that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. And with the data, there's so much things that we can do, but just having that safe and it goes back to say, okay, you know, it's about being credible. For example, they have run village, right? We, we do work with different consulates. Um, I personally can, you know, WhatsApp a consul general. If you have an issue and you're scared, you message us, right? And, you know, we try to assist that, okay, let's see how we can expedite you getting your, your passport review. How can we assist with you um, getting a personal tax ID number? Then, no, getting a business tax ID number in order to open up a business because you're going to need that stamp from the consul general. Those are relationships we're continuing to build in. So just wanted to add that piece. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I feel like there's so many things I'd want to talk to you about, but as you wrap up, because the work you're doing is amazing, how can listeners support Day Abroad? Do you have anything coming up that, you know, I, I see that you do at community events. So tell me about how people could support you, what you have coming up and all that good stuff. Sure. So it's easy to find us and um, it's spelled D-E-H, Deh Abroad, D-E-H Abroad. All social platform is the same way. Uh, you know, we have a WhatsApp um, number, 877 Abroad. Just message us any question, you know, we try to answer. One of the key things is, Gary mentioned about events, is June is recognized in the U.S. as Caribbean American Heritage Month. So... We have partnered with um, you know, different organizations across the country. One of the things we have planned, we have workshops planned. First one is CUNY Now First. It's a platform from CUNY where they assist immigrants with immigration issues, mostly about becoming a citizen. We're going to be doing a free workshop. Um, those who qualify can get free counseling and assistance, free assistance in terms of filling out the N-400 forms about, you know, obtaining citizenship. Those are part of the program that we're going to be running in, um, in June. We're also having a business workshop. Um, we also have Caribbean American Restaurant Month. We did 
restaurant week last year, you know, it was during the pandemic, so a lot of businesses were too feeling about giving um, prefix and stuff like that. So it was more of hearing the needs that the restaurants have. So the feedback we got, you know, we decided, okay, you know what, let's just do a month. This time, we will run the prefix for the entire month. But in the meantime, you know, we'll have meetings with different enforcement agencies that, you know, restaurants can learn more about. Um, there's so much things, you know, like working with different vendors. It's a, it's a seller's market. So we're trying to push heavily that because we're not to eat Aki and Salfish in a boat. Me going to a restaurant, I'm not going to call a name, but <laughs> I saw, I'm, I'm watching the, you know, the server put a spoon and a half of Aki. I'm like, what's this? I said, oh, Aki Ghana. You know? So I called, I called the owner. I'm like, boss, what's up this morning? You guys are counting about the Aki? So she said, give me another scoop. I'm good. <laughs> you know? And, you know I mean, it's similar it. to the, 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 the Twitter conversations because I don't eat meat. So the oxtail price gone up. Everybody complaining about oxtail. So, and even so for me, like, I can get, like, you know, oxtail is like $12 a pound. You know, I spoke to a distributor. They wanted to give it to me at $9 a pound. So, you know, the restaurants that are part of affiliated with us, we do send them an email about that. That you know they can you know much better way of um of purchasing goods. So yeah, so the restaurant month you know focus more definitely on the prefix, having events with different uh, agencies. Uh, we definitely want to take it to the media, to mainstream media, because Caribbean is about culture, it's about food and entertainment. We have the entertainment, but we need to showcase food. We have so many celebrity chefs on the platform, and you know they're willing, ready for us to go out and have these guys here. Right, we're gonna be having a launch for restaurant month, and we want everybody from the consumers, the restaurant owners, everybody to indulge and actually taste what you know what Western this culture has to has to offer. So yeah, man, so June is definitely it, and you know you guys are gonna be seeing more about what we're doing. You guys have a platform, want to collaborate, want to charge nobody nothing at all, and you know we have the right professionals in the community that we vet. So June is is definitely our month, like. You know, um, June is where we're really going to focus more and say, listen, Caribbean people, we're here. We're American strong. You know, we're, we're excelling. We have a vice president of Caribbean background. We have so many people with Caribbean background. People are doing well. One thing we do, we come up for it, we come juggle. When we come over there, plan, we come juggle. Yo, we don't come up for your star. We don't come up for like Lele. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the reasons. Well, that's one of the reasons why I I, fo- I try to focus more on the students because I don't want to feel as okay with the skill set that you have, especially coming from the islands, you're gonna be here in corporate and forget about the community. But internship opportunities are you know we're trying to bridge the gap between the students who want to excel and that your businesses in the community that's willing to help you, but there's a lack of resource of, of connecting it. You know, so that's where we are right now, you know, just trying to offer as much opportunity. Because, you know, one caribbean we say divided by water, united by culture. And, you know, once a day abroad, you live, eat, play abroad. Your seat. 
Oh my goodness, this is so exciting. I don't know time you go come on the podcast. But he already dropped his social media handles there abroad. It's going to be in the show notes. And if you are listening and you are, there's some listeners I already know I'm going to reach out to. But if you're listening, you have a business, you need to be on the platform in the directory. And, you know, everybody always I try to figure out how them can have interns and all of these other things. Why not support a young Caribbean student to develop the business acumen they need. So this was just a wonderful conversation. So as I love to say at the end of the show, until next time, walk good.